This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. There are signs of trouble for Justin Trudeau as we head into an election year. And it's quite the turnaround. According to an Angus Reid survey, he is no longer the leader whom we think will make the best prime minister. That nod now goes to conservative leader Andrew Scheer, with 33% of respondents giving him the nod on that, compared to 27% for Trudeau. And that has him tied with not sure. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh is in the single digits on that score. Actually, one point behind Elizabeth May. So what does that all mean? What do you think of this? Is Justin Trudeau really in trouble? Or is it a matter of uh, the way that pie is broken up that uh, it's still good news for him? like to hear from you. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And now we are going to Tom Parkin, who is a Social Democrat commentator, Jason Leader, conservative strategist, and Pat Gossage, the chairman of Media Profile, and a liberal commentator. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. No problem. This is fun. I'm going to get beaten up. That's good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Hold on, Pat. Come on, Tom. <laughs> Let us start with Jason, the conservative. And, and what what I find very interesting in this survey is that Andrew Scheer is winning in terms of uh, people think he'd be the best prime minister, even though he still has a big name recognition problem. Yeah, there's bad news and good news for pretty much everybody in this survey. Uh, if I, if on balance, I think I'd rather be Andrew Scheer reading these results. I think, for example, I think Justin Trudeau probably went home and you know sort of uh, threw them in the newspaper for or in the in the in the um, in the in the fireplace for kindling. I think uh, Jagmeet Singh probably his staff tried to hide the hide the results from him, and I think Andrew Scheer probably looked at them and said, oh, there's a lot more work to do, but." I can I can live with this. So on balance, I'd rather be him. I think the word you know for Trudeau. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's the Trudeau government. You know they've got this historically uh, sort of popular prime minister who's just sort of you know uh, you know losing popularity. It's bleeding away. Um, he's up against let's face it, two very inexperienced uh, men, Mr. Singh and uh, and Mr. Shear. Um, Trudeau should be steamrolling these guys. And I think, Pat, I don't know if you'd agree or not, but I think um, obviously governments have their ups and downs. But I look at those those numbers, and there's not a lot of good numbers there for Trudeau. And listen, I think still think he's the odds-on favorite to win the next election. I want to say that very clearly here. I think that they'll run a good campaign. They'll get back to what they did well. And they'll, and they'll probably um, at least have the most seats at the end of the last campaign. But troubling signs. And I think if I'm PMO, i got I got to retool and i got to back, get back on track. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Patrick? Well, uh, what do you see in this, Patrick? Is this for me? Yeah. Yes. Well, listen, I. You know, that's really. I mean, how charming can you get? 
I mean, I'm just pulling up the uh, CBC poll tracker, which has liberals at 36 and conservatives at 33, which is the average of everybody. But, you know, even so, I, you know, I think generally the the population is just very grumpy and very out of sorts about what's going on in Ottawa. And they have every right to be because things are happening in <clears throat> federally that haven't happened for years. I mean, we've got a whole lot of provinces ganging up on the federal government <clears throat> on climate change, which used to be a big winner for Trudeau. Uh, you've got <clears throat> you've got Alberta in particular bitching and complaining about a situation that really Trudeau can't do anything about, which is, uh, you know, a surplus of oil. But they're very vocal, and it's all over the news. And, you know, and uh, uh, Notley is an incredibly good communicator, and that's and he's taking a hit on that, that's for sure. But, you know, the other thing is, um, as you pointed out, Libby, um, Sheer has not made a huge impression, and as many people dislike him, more people, more people think disapprove of him than approve of him, just like Trudeau. But... You know, I think I think we're going to benefit. The Liberals will benefit by, frankly, a pretty you know a weaker opposition than they've had uh, in in many years. Uh, you know, the I think I think Sheer has yet to prove that he's got things to put in the window that appeal to Canadians. And of course, Jagmeet is just wallowing around in uh, in BC when he could have been running in 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 uh, Brampton for God's sakes. And you know. So I think, you know, with a weak opposition and, you know, and the kind of uh, campaigning that Trudeau's so good at and his his continuing hold on young people, I think we're, I'm not losing a lot of sleep over this particular poll or over what's going to happen in a year. Okay, well, uh, just before we get to Tom Park and Trudeau uh, and young people, that's down as well. But uh, Tom, uh, I have heard on many fronts very bad reviews for Jagmeet Singh's performance. Well, I mean, Patrick and Jason certainly do. Uh, the, the the challenge here for <laughs> Mr. Trudeau is that, you know, I think he's looking back on a year that he hasn't done anything for people. Uh, he's bailed out a lot of uh, oil and gas money. He's shoveled a lot of oil and gas money, uh, public money at, for those companies. Uh, he gave a fall economic statement that gave uh, billions away to uh, companies of all sorts. Uh, I mean, across the board, uh, capital cost allowance reductions or accelerations, really. Um, and other uh, tax treatments. But, you know, everything for everyday people gets delayed and delayed and delayed. There's still, you know, talk about maybe there will be a farmer care plan, but let's not talk about that until the next election. There's talk now about, well, maybe it's wrong for us to sell weapons to the Saudis, but, you know, maybe not. There's talk about maybe someday there'll be a guaranteed annual income. All these things are go slow. Maybe someday these things will happen, but, but day by day... There's more and more announcements about literally billions of dollars being shoveled into the oil and gas industry from public money, uh, and, and people wait. So, you know, I don't think it's any surprise that people look at Mr. Trudeau now and say that he's a bit of a fake progressive. Uh, and, and they look at Mr. Scheer, especially after the experience in Ontario with Ontario Proud, and say, well, you know, what is this fake populism? And... And, and you're right, Libby. They look at, at Jagmeet Singh and they say, is that the guy? Is, 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 if we were going to have a real uh, progressive populism, not this kind of fake stuff, can he do it? Uh, so that's his challenge. And uh, he's going to have to work really hard for one year, or else we're just going to get one of the other two fake parties 
back in and they continue the same games that we've been enduring for many, many years. Do you, would you agree, Tom, though, that uh, his performance has been lackluster, to say the least? Uh, he's been in a very tough spot. I don't think he's got a lot of media time whatsoever. And, uh, you know, he's uh, been blocked from having his by-election. Uh, but despite what Patrick says, there's been no by-election in Brampton. Um, uh, you know, so there's no opportunity for that. For that. Despite the fact that the, the Burnaby South seat was, was wide open on October the 28th when the by-election in York, I'm sorry, in Leeds-Granville was called, it was not called. Uh, and so, you know, Mr. Trudeau has used his executive power to keep Singh on the sidelines. Abs- absolutely. I can't evaluate until the day that Mr. Singh is elected and asks. I, if uh, he's elected. The house, and we'll see what happens then. Yeah. Thank goodness for him that the Trudeau's kept him on the sidelines. Otherwise, he might have lost that by-election already. He'd be looking for a new leader. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I, oh dear. Um, well, anyhow, I mean, the, a weak NDP is is good for liberals, obviously, and uh, you know the, uh, um, uh, you know, I'm sure Trudeau's quite happy with you know the you know the low low level of approval that the NDP has. But I, I absolutely agree that where is the like I ask where is the re, where are the real progressives, and then on the conservative side, I ask where are the real conservatives because you know. Um, the conservatives also have the issue of Mad Max, and uh, who there's no doubt about that he's a conservative. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, like on the right, there's the right is kind of wishy-washy. The left is is weak, and you know the liberals, despite what you you both say, which I agree, it's been a bad fall and it's been a bad summer. And uh, you know Trudeau hasn't put much out that appeals to the average voter. But, I mean, there's more to come, obviously, and they're working on it, but, you know. I've, I've heard, uh, just uh, if I may interject, there. Uh, you know, speaking of what's good for the Liberals, no matter what happens with Trudeau's approval ratings, is that if the NDP vote completely collapses in Quebec, they have a cakewalk. And if Andrew Scheer, uh, sorry, if Maxime Bernier takes votes away from the Conservatives, that's, again, just great for the Liberals. Uh, yeah. No doubt about that, Libby. I think, you know, if I was Tara, if I'm, if I'm Justin Trudeau, I, am, I look at that poll and I, I, their own numbers, I think, aren't telling them the exact same thing. But I'm terrified about my Atlantic Canada and my Quebec numbers. Now, I think those will come back, but they are counting on a stronghold in Atlantic Canada and they are counting on big gains in, in, in Quebec to offset losses in BC, Alberta, and in a couple of other places in the, in, in the country. So his strategy geographically is based on Quebec and they have to do very well there. Now, Andrew Shears, conversely, Andrew Shears, um, you know, right now you've got the Conservatives and the Liberals trying to divvy up the spoils of a very weak NDP and, uh, in Quebec, so the Quebec campaign is going to be really, really be the one to watch. But I will admit, I, I, I will admit, you know, after Kathleen Wynne lost here in Ontario, I would have thought the PMO would have retooled a bit and gone back to sort of Chrétien style uh, liberalism. You know, the sort of move back to the center a bit. You know, they forget sometimes their their core value proposition is, you know, those guys are crazy, those guys are crazy. We're in the middle. And as a conservative, as an NDP, I think you've got to understand what your opponents are good at, and that is what they're good at. And they don't seem to understand what they're good at right now. This, You know, I hear Tom sort of asking for the Liberals to move further left in order to get more votes. That's not where they need to move at all. They need to be directly in the center of the other two parties. And the Trudeau Liberals just 
keep moving or at least appearing to move left. I hear what Tom's saying about the oil and gas industry, but I think most Canadians would believe that Justin Trudeau was a very progressive prime minister. And and I, I'm not sure that that's exactly where their positioning needs to be. Okay, I, wa- I want to ask uh, and maybe uh, direct this uh, to whomever. Uh, so we have the provinces ganging up on Ottawa on the issue of carbon tax, we have what seems to be uh, a bit of a wave of so-called or Canadian-style populism. So is part of the problem that Justin Trudeau is kind of the opposite of populism? He's, you know, our jet-setting international star. Is is that working against him, Patrick? Well, well I don't think there's any doubt that, uh, that I mean, I, I have... I have this like grudging respect for Ford, like tapping into this anti-elitist, uh, you know, radical Toronto left-wing people thing that uh, absolutely plays. I live in the 905. I know what it's like to be a liberal in the 905 now. I mean, it's not nice. And, uh, you know, Ford's, Ford has exploited that feeling and that sort of anger. And then all these all these, you know, 18 to 22-year-olds sitting in their parents' basements without a job. I mean, there's a lot of anger out there. and, and 18 and to 22? Of, try to, like, 32, maybe. <laughs> well, and the populist and the, the, this sort of alleged populist, uh, um, which it's a more cultural thing that, uh, that uh, Ford's tapped into. It's a more cultural change that he's affected. And, uh, you know, I would find that a bit worrying, that's for sure. Now, whether... Whether Trudeau, whether uh, Scheer can do what um, Harper did, and I'd, I'd love to hear the others on this, and that is like really mobilize the uh, the, uh, the ethnic vote that uh, was done so well under Harper, uh, that would really hurt Trudeau, true. But I don't know whether they're doing that. I have no idea. I don't think Scheer and his people are, you know, are have that same capability of of you know mobilizing the. Uh, ethnic vote, particularly in the 905. I don't know. Let's, uh, let's hear from, from Tom on that. Yeah, Tom. I mean, the, the issue of, of populism, and to think that, you know, Mr. Ford, who was cutting the people's health care and cutting the people's school and cutting the, the social uh, support of the, of the poorest uh, and is giving tax cuts to the highest income and is giving tax cuts to polluters and tax cuts to corporations that somehow that's populism it's actually you know what we're experiencing is fake populism well and whatever we, it is that's we, the thing that's all that's all yeah, over the world call it what it is because when we when we start suggesting that you know kind of the alt-right you know ontario you know proud which is an, you know was revealed as another corporate-backed uh, conservative-led organization or rebel media that these are populist it really is it really is playing the, the fake game that the fake populists are trying to uh, put on people, which is that somehow they have some sort of solution for the economic problems of today, and that somehow it has something to do uh, with, you know, refugees uh, and intolerance and, and in the United States economic nationalism. But that's, of course, none of those add up to doing a darn thing about austerity. In fact, they are the party of increased austerity. So, you know, populism is a, a, a function of people's frustrations. And there are fake populists out there uh, in the conservative side of life who will uh, make up re- reasons why certain people are responsible uh, for the frustrations they feel. Like. Not the real reasons, the fake reasons. They won't deal with the real reasons. So this is a very dangerous situation because now we have 
a, a, a liberal leader who is a fake pot, a fake progressive, keeps suggesting he's going to move left, keeps suggesting he's going to deal with economic plight of, of working people, but in fact, you know, orders postal workers back on the job breaking uh, the charter, does nothing for people on pharmacare, does nothing for people on housing, et cetera, et cetera. So we've got the fake, fake progressives and the fake populists. Okay. Hey, when, can I, when, can when, I get when, in on the when, topic? I don't figure. Okay, okay. Okay, we're going to take one uh, quick comment from Jason before we get to the phone. So everybody hang on. <laughs> well, I appreciated uh, Tom's uh, description of everybody else. Okay, everybody's fake, but w- whether it's fake the, or not, the, the those ethics, are the things the, the, that are on happening. The, on the ethnic side on, on, on Patrick's question, I think that's a very valid concern or question. It's a, you know, d- d- Stephen Harper had his lieutenant in charge of that, who's Jason Kenney, who's obviously running in Alberta now. Um, Andrew Shear doesn't have the same kind of lieutenant to, to do that kind of outreach. Um, he has, they've certainly got the same kind of strategy. I think time will tell. I don't think they'll be as, it took 10 years for Harper to get there, uh, or, you know, six or eight at least, four to six, and I don't think they're going to be quite there yet, and I think that's going to be something that's to Trudeau's advantage early in the, in the election game. Okay, uh, let's take a couple of go- calls, guys. Hang on. Uh, we've got Tony in Niagara. Hi, Tony. Wait. Uh, hmm? What's the problem with my phone here? Okay, Tony, are you there? Hi, thank you for taking me. Okay, uh, again, why would anybody want to vote for Trudeau? He's lied about everything. He says anything to make people vote for him. The average Joe, Joe on the street, a guy like myself, who's worked all my life, gets nothing except tax to death. He brings in all these people in for votes. You've got to be crazy. My daughter, she's starting out in life. She can't afford a home. She can't afford her own car. I had to get it for her. I mean, and then these other people are all walking around with iPhones having a great time. It's impossible. We need somebody like Mr. Ford, tough rough to put this country back in action. There's no way. There's no way. This country is completely screwed. One more term of Trudeau, we're done. We're done, man. Okay, well, I don't think it's that bleak, yeah, Tony. Let's hear it from... Is. It is. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Can I hear from... Uh, Bill in Toronto? Hi oh. there, Bill. Hi. You know, I just I listen to this panel, and it's the same old talking point. They, nobody ever, all these pundits never talk about what's right for Canada. They just keep spewing their same ideology. And the one guy there, usually Tom blows my mind, but it, not so much today. It's the liberal guy you've got on there. Bitching Albertans and an oil glut. There is no oil glut. You know, bitching Albertans are losing their jobs by the hundreds of thousands. Build a pipeline east. We're importing 800,000 Well, Trudeau, Trudeau can't get that pipeline done. He wanted to. He can't get it done. Who can't get it? Yeah, because Enbridge walked away from it because of a veto that Quebec has? Come on. We can put this thing through. Can you imagine if Trudeau was leading this country when we, we, we united it with a railway? We wouldn't have a railway today. Okay. And you know what? If you feel bad because you're a liberal living in 905, I'm a conservative living south of Bloor in Toronto. You want to feel pain, buddy? You need to live inside backyard. <laughs> okay, maybe you need a house swap, guys. Thanks, yeah, Bill. Maybe you need a house swap. You can come, you can come, and come into Aurora. You'll feel right at home. <laughs> okay, so what what do you think of of uh, Patrick? What of what our callers have had to say? There, they are both uh, 
I, I hate calling Canadians average Canadians, but they're, you know, uh, no, not anger. international jet setters, and they like what Ford is doing, cuts notwithstanding. And, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I totally agree. And I mean, I, I don't, I, listen, I've apologized to the guy that he finds me so, you know, obnoxious, but, you know, I totally <laughs> agree that there's anger out there, and he's expressing it. And the only thing I said about the pipeline is, is that. The, the solution is not there for Trudeau to do. And, uh, you know, he's he's been blocked by the courts. He bought the bloody thing for $4 billion, for God's sakes. What more do you expect him to do? But he can't he can't start construction on it. So, you know, he's, he's between a rock and a hard place. And, you know, I'm tired. I'm a bit tired of everybody screaming and yelling at him when there's really very little he can do. However, that the anger is there. And listen, Ford's got a way of a way of connecting to it, and, and good for him. You know, it's a political play. Uh, you know, I'm not happy about it, but it's something Trudeau should worry about. I absolutely agree. Well, it's it's interesting, because according to the Angus Reid poll, the things that, that um, uh, Trudeau is facing headwinds on are that, the pipelines, the yeah. irregular border crossings, and uh, trade negotiations, though I would think that at the end of the day, the government uh, did okay on that one. Uh, you know, Libby, we can't, you know, all these things are uh, uh, side stories. The, the the trade one, for example, I mean, it is concerning, and, and, and uh, I think I think the analysis has to be, the only correct analysis out of what happened in NAFTA is we took a loss, we took concessions. I'm not necessarily arguing that anybody else could have done a, a better job than, than Mr. Trudeau and his team. Uh, I mean, they... But we just aren't in a strong position, and we took we took blows. We still have we still have tariffs against our steel and aluminum. For goodness' sakes, it's outrageous. We've never been treated like this in the history of our country. And we took, well, know, so, so what do you what do you su- what do you suggest? Well, if we look back at what the kind of things that the callers were talking about, you know, uh, having to help their kids because they don't have the opportunities that they had, you know, this rings with you know some recent uh, well, not so recent now, but some research from. Uh, Kevin Mulligan, he's a professor of economics at UBC, who pointed out that the average wage in Ontario, the median wage in Ontario, in 2015, was lower than in 1975 after you adjust for inflation. If you don't think that you know the world starts to look different when the when the pool when the when the water at the oasis gets lower, of course it gets different. And those people who think that. You know, you're going to point at people who are different or from a different place, and somehow that's going to solve it if you kick them out. That ain't going to do nothing. If you if you think maybe we can get together and try and fix this problem, the economic problems that we're facing, uh, then maybe we have some hope. But as long as it's you know the fake versus the fake, uh, we're continuing to just drain the oasis, and it will get smaller and smaller, and the politics will get worse and worse. Okay, let's hear from Jim in Hanover. Hi, Jim. Hi. Uh, I was just listening there when they were running Ford down again about uh, the rich people getting tax cuts and, uh, and breaks from uh, pollutant, pollution. You know, it's these rich people who have businesses that hire people. I've never known a poor person to hire a rich person to do some work for him. Every time you go in a store and buy something. I've been to the store. I do the shopping. I've seen the prices go up. They're going skyrocketing. And it's all based on one thing, and that's called greed and profit. Well, uh, that's capitalism. I know. Well, we have to rein it in a little bit. We can't count on Trudeau to do anything. 
Okay, so who are we counting on? Uh, you can count on me. Okay, Jim. <laughs> okay, Jim, I'm counting on you. Thanks very right much. Okay, so uh, what I'm getting is people are fed up, and they don't really know where to go. Um, I think that's the truth. I think that the poll shows this, and this this great number that we aren't sure, you know, that are just, I think it's a plague on all their houses myself. I don't know whether the others agree. I think people are just pissed off with politics, and, you know, a guy like Ford comes along, at least he's a breath of fresh air, and, you know, he can get away with stuff now. Well, yeah, for the moment. Patrick, it's, it's, I was just going to say, it's, I think you've hit on something here, which is, like, let, let's be honest, um, federal governments are normally reelected, especially when they've got a majority. Like, every piece of history tells you that Justin Trudeau should be easily reelected next time. The fact that he's, like, sort of struggling here a year out from an election campaign is a little bit baffling to me. And I will say, I was out in Alberta this this week uh, in Edmonton and Calgary, and I've never seen people so angry. And, you know, this sort of, like, we need to separate. I don't want to give this any legs. Um, but it is a real... Uh, issue out there right now. It's people are angry in a way that I've, it's been a long time since I've seen Canadians sort of that angry. And Albertans are just, you know, they're generally a quiet people. And it's not just Alberta. Well, I, w- I, think, I wouldn't you know. say that. And, uh, you know, they're not generally liberal friendly. But Tom Parkin, let me ask you this. Do you ever wish that Rachel Notley was the federal NDP leader? <laughs> uh, Rachel Notley uh, is, is, in a, is a very impressive person. There's, there's no doubt about I that. I agree with that. Yeah, she's an impressive person, and she's very smart, and she's very tenacious. And she doesn't mince words. Uh, and that's why I certainly is do that not a yes? count her out in it, the next provincial election. Is that uh, a yes? I think, um, you know, if, if, she, uh, if she can... Um, if <laughs> is she that can a yes? Down, yes or no, if she can Tom. stir down Kenny yes, and win that fight, I think that's something that everybody who's a real progressive and everybody who's, you know, really... because. Listen, Kenny wants to, again, it's the same Ford deal. Cut taxes for the rich. Cut taxes for corporations. They're already running a deficit, just like here. That's not a solution. That is, again, the fake populism. Okay, it's, well, if uh, she can't, no if she can't stare down Jason Kenny, maybe she uh, replaces Jugmeet Singh. <laughs> you never know. The world's a funny place. I think she's one of the best political communicators in Canada. I've, I went to a speech of hers, and I had to go up afterwards and just say that was a fantastic speech. Well, you don't see many people speak authentically these days and, and answer real questions, too. She actually answers questions on television. Imagine. <laughs> I, I, I think she's fantastic. Whether you agree with her politics or not, yeah. I think she's she's fantastic. And uh, if uh, if she was in Jugmeet Singh's place, the, the NDP might be in a different place. 100%. Well, and here's the thing with with Rachel Notley. I mean, uh, you know, Tom's sort of railing against populism. I actually, she's taken a real populist turn over the last over the last year to her uh, because she saw that being the way that the NDP normally presents itself is unelectable in that situation in Alberta right now. So she might win, she might lose. She's probably um, going to have a very respectable showing in a you know almost an unwinnable election, and. She is presenting herself right now as a populist. She's divorcing herself from Mr. Trudeau. Tom, you know, you railed against oil and gas help. She's doing, nobody's trying to do more for the oil and gas industry than Rachel Notley right now. And she's presenting her. Populism isn't just on the left or on the right. Populism is all over the political spectrum. You know, Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump, they're both 
populist. They're both just completely different at it. And I think you're going to see Rachel Notley take a real populist turn over the next little and, bit. And you know what? If um, if she is victorious against Jason Kenney, um, you know, maybe Jason Kenney would do better than Andrew Scheer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, he's got more name recognition, that's for sure. And he's a smart guy. He's no smart, but he's very right-wing. I mean, he's he's a real... A real neoconservative, don't you think? I mean, uh, yeah. from everything I've heard, he's the real stuff. So was so uh, was uh, Harper. Was yeah, real? that's right. Yeah, I, I he had ten, 10 years. Kenny, and I got to say, he's he's a really impressive dude. Like him or you don't. You exactly. Know, oh yeah, no, he's, a, he's a good. He's a very competent minister. He's very competent leader. Very good guy. Okay. And you know where he's coming from. Okay. Okay. Let's uh, let's uh, take a call or two, and then we will get uh, our closing thoughts on this subject, uh, William. William in Toronto. Hi, William. Hi. Uh, I think we need a deep tax cut across the board uh, for for everyone in every aspect, and we need to implement the Bank of Canada Act so we can get some money into the economy at zero interest and just do that for a little while, and uh, that'll put everything back in order. And uh, Maxime Bernier, to me, is the only one that's qualified to be leader. Okay, thanks for that. Let's go to, uh, yes, let's go to Diane. Sorry, I'm having a little trouble here. Okay, Diane in Toronto. Hello. Hi, Diane. Hi, hi. Thank you for taking my call. You're very Uh welcome. My read of Mr. Trudeau is that he has his sights set on some sort of international job, and everything that he does and says and whatever is geared for that audience. The man has done nothing for Canada in the last three years. Everything he has touched has gone bad. And I am going to vote for your caller, Jim. Okay. <laughs> it might be a write-in, Diane, on the ballot. Diane, Diane, Diane do you have children? Yes. Dad, do you get the child tax credit? My children are grown. Well, if you, were, if you had young children, you wouldn't be able to say he didn't do anything for me because everybody with kids is getting a lot of money that they wouldn't have had otherwise. So anyway, well, just... Not, I you, know, talk. What, what, you know, that may help in some respects. Uh, I'm sorry I didn't get your name. That may help a lot in, you know, physical respects, but in a lot of way, ways it does not. And, uh, you know, just giving money away does not uh, create a strong population. It just uh, encourages uh, mediocrity. So just giving money away all the time doesn't help the situation. Okay, Diane, thanks for that. Okie doke. Okie doke. All right. Uh, So um, we're running out of time on this. Tom Parkin, what would you like to leave us with? Well, I kind of like Diane's uh, uh, parting comment there. Uh, the the issue, the underlying issue is, and, and Patrick makes a, a good point, I would agree with him uh, that, in fact, the change to the Canada Child Benefit is a positive thing because it targeted money more at low-income people. And those are the people who are hurting the most in this economy. Uh, and it didn't add a, a net, you know, net change uh, to expenditure. But the problem is, with Trudeau's tax cuts and the tax cuts that came before and Ford's tax cuts, et cetera, et cetera, our ability to support people through social programs, is getting more and more diminished every year. And with the private sector economy, stagnant wages, it's a real problem. So until somebody comes along and, and has, this, has an idea about how to give a little bit more bargaining power to, to regular people, 
how to fix the politics, how to have public investment, work with private investment and mobilize private investment, uh, not just kind of financialize it and, and turn it into kind of, you know, schemes. Um, we're going to continue to suffer. And I think that's the feeling that people are struggling with. Uh, and then there come along the, the fake progressives, Mr. Trudeau, who says he's going to do some things uh, uh, like the sort that I've talked about, doesn't get around to it. And the fake populists who want to say it's, you know, the, it's it's the problem of somebody else. It's caused by people crossing the border or whatnot. Okay. Those aren't those aren't solutions. So somebody's got to come forward with a real progressive alternative, progressive populism uh, that we people can get behind. And uh, Singh has to articulate that. If he can, I think there's a big marketplace for it. Okay, Patrick. <laughs> well, I just, I mean, I'm just going to be a little dreaming. I mean, I, I don't, I think Trudeau can walk through this election at this point. I don't think, I mean, I think both, uh, as I said at the beginning, both uh, opposition parties are weak, and particularly the NDP, which votes well for Trudeau. But, you know, I'd like to see a real contest, and I absolutely agree with Tom. I would like to see a really strong progressive voice, and on, and from sheer, I would like to see some real conservative some activity and a lot more stuff in his, in you know, where he's talking to ordinary Canadians about what he's going to do for them. I want a real election and real competition and not weak opposition. That's what I'd like. And Jason, uh, Andrew Shear is, is his personality strong enough for him to have a chance? Yeah, I, I think I think the answer to that is yes. Uh, Andrew, you know, he's, he's certainly not a threatening conservative in the way that the left like to portray most um, conservative leaders. And Don't they call him the, Stephen Harper with a smile? They call him that for <laughs> sure, but it doesn't register. It doesn't compute. I look at Andrew Scheer, and that's, that's not what he is. The problem with uh, attack ads that don't actually follow the sort of authentic nature of them, it's like for Trudeau, for example, it's one of the reasons why some of the uh, attack ads against him backfired when they said sort of he's in over his head and it appeared that he wasn't in over his head. That's the kind of thing that backfires. You really got to be careful how you try and characterize your, your opponent, because if you're sort of trying to characterize Andrew Scheer as a jerk, that's a, that's a fundamental mistake, to be honest with you, because he's not a jerk. There's other things that you might be able to say about him. That's not one of them. So, yeah, he's got to get out there. He's got to get well-known. I really liked what he was doing in Alberta the last couple of days. I saw a, video, a couple of videos, you know, sort of running along, smiling with people, glad-handing and stuff like that. He's got a tough hill to climb. Let's, not, let's be honest. I think Patrick's right about some of that stuff. First-time leaders generally don't do it, other than, you know, Trudeau and a couple of others in our history. So he's got a big hill to climb. I think if he can hold Trudeau to a minority and maybe swing for the fences, then, you know, he's made some significant progress. And I think if I was them, that's the goal I would set. Okay. That is all the time we have for this segment. Uh, Thank you so much, Jason Leader, Tom Parkin, and Patrick Gossage. And have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Me too, dear. Thanks very much. Nice to be on. Thanks. Thanks. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.